And everyone, welcome back to another episode of Wrestling is Trash, a podcast where we all get together, grown men, women, every year identify, and we say and we talk professional wrestling, sports entertainment, everything going on just in the wrestling world. The good, the bad, the ugly, the new, the old, what what we're liking, what we're not liking, how we'd book a territory, how we'd book the matches, how we would do anything. We got the solid crew here. You know, gentlemen, we just had a great weekend of wrestling. But before we dive into that, I just want everyone to say what up. You know, Dan, how you doing? We alright. It's your boy the mayor, that DJ named Ace Five. As always, kicking it with my brothers on wrestling is trash. What up, Lou? I am doing fantastic. Uh, been a little productive today. Did a couple of things, working on some stuff here for my personal passion projects. You already know. Uh, we got to come up with uh we got to come up with a trios name if we're gonna go after them trios titles we got to figure out uh some type of name here for this group i know we wrestling as trash boys but we gotta figure something out we can we can trios no. titles that was uh that was on friday right or wednesday was that past wednesday they officially announced it on aw or is it the week week before yeah they went on dynamite i think it was yeah. wednesday but gentlemen you know this past weekend Monday, Friday, we've had a, a lot going on in the wrestling world. Some great shows overall. I enjoyed my whole weekend of wrestling as a whole. Uh, before we start diving in, going into a little bit of each and everything, just how did you guys enjoy the weekend of wrestling as a whole? Man, yeah, there was a lot of fucking wrestling this weekend. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot going on, even going into Monday after the weekend. Um, but it was cool because I was really, really, really looking forward to SummerSlam. And um, I was actually looking forward to watching that Ric Flair's last match pay-per-view based on the card that they put out because they did have some banging matches on that card. But, um, yeah, man, good weekend. Good weekend for wrestling. Yeah, we're not going to break down the cards like we normally do because we have a topic of contention that we need to discuss. And it's definitely amongst the IWC or just the actual pro wrestling fans out there who actually love this shit. But, um. I enjoyed my wrestling weekend. Um, I personally had a one show was a little bit better than the other, only because it piqued more of my interests. Um, um, it was it was just it it was something that I felt more of like, and I'll say it now. I'll just kick it off. Ric Flair's last match, I liked just a shade, tiny shade, bit better than SummerSlam. It was because, say what you want to say about the the main event. I know Lou can go in right now for days on that joint. But, but it was, it. I went with no ex- expectations, but it was what I kind of expected. You wasn't going to get shit out of Ric Flair. 72 years old, as I heard today, I didn't know he had a pacemaker, but he did just have a major heart situation like a year or so ago almost died you know what i'm saying um his his entrance and presence was it was great for me because we've seen one of the classic robes plus he brought out one of the og big gold belts so it was it was about the spectacle but then the rest of the card was pro wrestling it was that shit we love it was was the matches entertaining absolutely was there really stories that had to be told? Not really, 
with the exception of some. We're not breaking it down as a whole. But overall, the matches that were put on, actually there was stories being told because a lot of the um, the impact stuff was being bled into this card, i.e. the Matt Cardona situation with Josh Alexander, who was facing off against my boy Jacob Fatu, who is MLW, which hopefully, even though Jacob Fatu looked a little slow, hopefully <clears> that <throat> put him on a bigger spotlight for other people to see. But then SummerSlam, for me, it felt like something I've seen before, yet it was still entertaining. Very entertaining, but it felt like something I've seen before. But all in all, for a wrestling weekend, Lou, very good weekend. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, I really enjoyed SummerSlam a lot. Um, I had a great time watching it. I enjoyed, for the most part, all the matches, even the Logan Paul match, which I was not really expecting too much. Turned out to be pretty entertaining. Um, the main event, like, <laughs> the main event at SummerSlam was ridiculous. Like, that shit blew me away. I couldn't, I was so, and it was, I was very sports entertained by that, that pay-per-view. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. The Ric Flair's last match pay-per-view. Now, I was, when I saw the, at first when I heard about it, I thought it was just going to be him having one match and that's it. I thought it was just. Ric Flair's last match. He's going to have a match. It's on pay-per-view. That's it. I didn't realize there was a card. When I saw the card, then I started getting excited because I saw Jonathan Gresham. I saw Killer Cross. I saw Bandito. I saw fucking Laredo Kid. And I'm like, bro, this card looks serious. Um, Again, we're not going to break the cards down because we don't have time for all that. But I just... The matches, none of them really lived up to the hype that I had in my own head for them. They were a lot of them were very short. The Gresham match was five minutes. Like, why the fuck? Like, Jonathan Gresham match was five minutes long. Like, that made no sense. Um, the Motor City Machine Guns and the Wolves, like, the match was very short and it kind of seemed like they were going through motions. And that's what I felt like for most of that card. It was just kind of like no one was really trying too hard to have a great match. It was just kind of like, very i don't want to say mediocre because it was a little more than that but it just wasn't as exciting as i thought it was going to be and then that main event just i look that main event for me i just i i, I felt like i was watching uh i don't know it's like old yeller or some shit i was just like bro just put this man down man and and, and <laughs> fuck, that's, that's what it felt it did was, feel like that <laughs> I was terrified about that shit. And he was wearing that shirt because of that heart situation. That's why, because his shit's all scarred yeah. up now. So he was wearing a shirt. So, you know, all in all, I enjoyed the weekend, man. But that main event, it, yeah. it, it made me sad a little bit. I feel you. And before you go, Nick, like, I I, I do want to give Conrad Thompson. Dude, well, again, this guy's younger than us, too. He's only 40. He just turned 40 this year. I'm a big fan of what he does podcast-wise. Like, he built the vision of what I had a vision of back when I started doing podcasting. He just has money. <laughs> he got money. That's the yep. big difference. You know what I'm saying? But he, I, to me, the way it played out, and like you mentioned, Lou, like some five-minute, ten-minute matches, like I thought that was okay. Because they were there for the main event, which, by the way, I didn't right. even know the time length. Hearing Tommy Dreamer mention it today, that joint went thirty minutes. Yeah, which even says, "Yo, how the fuck did Ric Flair stand for twenty five?" Bro, 
<laughs> Ric Flair, Ric Flair passed out at one point in that match. He passed out, and then he got he like woke up because even at the end he says like I don't remember half of the, what the fuck we just did, but thank you. I hope I was good. Like he literally passed out during the match. Like yeah, yeah. Uh it was a good weekend. Obviously, overall, I enjoyed SummerSlam. As Lou said, I was definitely sports entertained. I liked just the chaotic chaos in the main event, you know, seeing the tractor. That was just different. It's different. I like different. Logan Paul, Pat McAfee, in my opinion, deserved their dues. You know, Logan Paul freaking killed it, in my opinion. I liked seeing Bailey, EO, and Dakota. Just seeing newness. A lot of different women involved, which wasn't carried over to Raw, which I thought was decent last night as well. You know, just really enjoyed Summerslam as a whole, something different. Uh, Lou, you said in the chat, and I was saying it to my girl earlier in the day too, I'm just a sucker for wrestling outside when the sun's still out. Just something about that I think is cool because it's different. You don't see it often. The only time you usually – last time I remember seeing it outside with light, I think was Mania 31, and that's only because it's Cali. So it's obviously further. So seeing it kind of more on the East Coast of that, still thought that was cool. And then Sunday, I enjoyed it. You know, the main event, yeah, not so much. But I'm a sucker for nostalgia. So seeing the robes, the bell, and all that, I like. Seeing Taker, Bret Hart, you know, Mick Foley there, I like seeing that, you know, you know, because support. Um, I have a conspiracy theory that it's not going to get leaked. I think Triple H was probably maybe backstage if he wasn't too busy just because, you know, it's his mentor. They said – they did say that there was a lot of WWE uh, – prominent WWE folks who could not be shown on camera. Yep, Mysterio was there because yeah. he had a photo with someone. Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte was there. Mysterio was there because he wasn't rocking his mask with the Mysterios. But I liked it because, like, I, like I, I'm like i very open about it. I know the Impact people because there was a lot of Impact on there. I don't mess with it a lot. I'll watch like they So I like seeing – I like that. It was different. Me seeing different people who I know were good and all that. So I like seeing different as well because I feel – Every week, it's either Roman Reigns or Adam Cole or CM Punk or Riddle, the same people on my TV. So I do like seeing different. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it all. Like, you guys, you guys, it's the running joke, and it's true. I always find, you know, the positive. You know, when something sucked, though, they definitely do suck. Um, yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. And then, like, I, I even enjoyed Raw last night. It was a success rating-wise, which was cool. Hopefully, it continues. Yeah. But... I'm just enjoying wrestling as a whole right now. I can't really remember the last time I had a legitimate bitch and complain. And so while we're there and you you ended that bitch and complain and, you know, sucked, what was, in y'all opinion, what was the low of the weekend? Excluding the obvious, Lou. (laughs) 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 Excluding the obvious, what was the low? Um, I'll throw mine out there because it's probably a shocker. Even I like was living Ronda. I liked the outcome oh, of the match, which Dan, if you go back and watch, um, they did a good finish with like Liv having her rolled up, pin for the three, but she tapped that two. The ref didn't see it, protects Ronda. I did like the Ronda heel turn after, but that was just like I said in the group chat. Ronda, she can be good, but only when she's got that person like a Sasha. Or Becky or someone that can carry it. You know, I like that she's because she really could be like, no, I'm not working with her. I want to work with just Charlotte, just these big names. So I do appreciate that. But I don't know. I felt SummerSlam in the profits. I guess I could add that two and two, not winning. Um, but 
felt that show was on a really good high. And I think those matches were actually back to back, I think. So the Profits mm-hmm. and Usos was a good, decent match, but not like their previous ones. And then none of us liked the outcome, obviously, if you listen to the prediction show. And then, you know, especially like me, like I'll even say it, like I lives obviously one of my faves. So to see one of your favorites not have a good match, it's always kind of like, oh, what the hell, you know? Um, but overall, I'll say that. I'll even combine it with the Usos and Profits for sure. Um, yeah, I'd probably say that for me. Yeah, easily, easily the outcome of Usos and Profits. It, I mean, I was already tired. I took my NyQuil ready to knock out, go to sleep. But I was just like, I, it, it made me feel like, yeah, I don't need to see no more. Then I woke up and saw the main event, which was play to hits, play to hits, great finish. Play to hits, play to hits, great finish. But mm-hmm. that 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 Prophets Usos finish was just so that that to me it sucked the wind out of me. It's and it really made me like that that moment there, and then the match that we kind of declared was the bathroom break with Edge coming back. You know, which funny again mentioning Tommy Dreamer, he couldn't think of Judgment Day's name today on the show, and he said. He first called them the Dark Order. Ah. So, so as we call them the the Wish version of Dark Order, that that match was it. Just it was what it was, and it was it just felt like it was just there as a placeholder. And so the Prophets' loss and Edge's return, I didn't give a fuck about because we knew he was coming back. That's what and that it, whole match was for. And, and um, yeah. And I I didn't like how he came back to me because this this is the optics of it all. One, you're not gonna play me like I'm a child because this open air stadium all of a sudden has a set of stairs that just yeah. come up from nothing and he rises from that. Triple H is going to do better than this in the near future. I just know it. <laughs> I just Lou, I just know it. The floor is yeah. yours. <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, you guys all hit the same points I, I did. I, I also want to throw in, um, yeah, the, the Rey Mario match, that, that was, it literally was just there so they could bring Edge out. There was a no DQ. Was The whole reason it was no DQ. It, you know what's funny to me about when they make matches like that? They make a no DQ match and motherfuckers are still up on the apron holding the, the tag team rope. Like, bro, it's no DQ. Fuck are y'all doing? Why are y'all yes. following tag team rules yeah, in a no DQ funny. match? It don't, it don't make no goddamn sense. I don't, I don't so, really want to cut you off, Lou, but the funniest moment of the night was when you text us in the group chat and said, yo, where's the DQ at? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. And then Edge comes running out, and I'm in our group chat talking, and I'm like, wait, isn't that a fucking DQ? Edge just came out here. He speared two people. <laughs> and and ran away like the f- where's this ref? And I'm like, oh, it was a no DQ match. You could have fooled me with these motherfuckers standing on their on the on the edge of the apron. But that match, you know, I get it. It was there for Edge to come back. That's fine. Um, the live match and Ronda match. Now, I didn't think that match was great, but that finish was that was a very clever finish, and it was executed well also because that's that's fucking hard to do, man. That's hard to do in the heat of the moment like that, to lock up like that, have Ronda down with her shoulders on the mat and live tapping at the same time for the one, two, three. That that was good timing. Um, so I'm not going to really hate on that match. They accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. One of the low points for me 
honestly, was the Pat McAfee and Baron Corbin match. I felt like, mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, the last time McAfee had a match at WrestleMania, he went balls fucking out. Like that match was, like, from beginning to end was exciting. And this match just kind of like it ended, and then Pat just gets out and just walks out. Like it, it just. The optics of it seemed weird to me. Like it just kind of seemed like he really wasn't into the match. Um, there was no celebrating after the match or anything. He just kind of like he rolled out and literally just started walking out. But again, I don't want to be too negative about SummerSlam because I enjoyed it. The biggest um problem I had this weekend, um, not really the weekend, but it was yesterday. The Io Shirai Bianca match. I like Io Shirai. Um but it was obvious that Io Shirai has not wrestled in a couple of months because that yes. match was very, very sloppy. Mm-hmm. Like it was, they seem to not really have um, a connection there because they've worked together. So I know that they both know how to work, but I think Io was, um, she was very rusty. It looked like, mm-hmm. and I was really hyped to see that match. And then as it was going, there was a lot of stuttering and like, okay, you go and, I go and it was just kind of like it, it, it's I don't think she was quite ready but um and then of course yeah. the the finish of that match was a little weird but what were they going to do they want to be you don't want to beat your champion you don't want to beat EO so you're really left with no choice so yeah other exactly. than that man I really don't have too many complaints yeah I knew with Bianca and EO I'm one of them weird ones and like I said might be my positive to positive in me is I'm not mad when a match like that, in a way, sucks. Because you know they're going to end up fighting again at some point. Now, maybe not as soon as the Vince McMahon reign, where it was just every other week, right? But you know they can have a good one. But just to speak, I was telling Dan before we went on about Pat, um, because I listened to his show daily. He was saying that he wasn't really happy with how the match turned out himself. And the way he was wording it, if you think I'm positive, that motherfucker is really positive. He blames himself because he didn't train to what he needed. And what he means by that is, like, he's like, I didn't work out outside once, and the match was outside. I wasn't prepared for the heat. I wasn't prepared for the humidity. Then, like, when he did the Swanton Bambini, as he calls it, he was expecting it to be the typical pay-per-view turnbuckles where he could step on top and jump. And then, because even I thought the same thing, like, why? And then, obviously, with Brock, the tractor, it makes sense while I was it. So, he was very open about, like, you know, not my best hit. He's like, but I know I can probably, I'll do better. Which I think his next match is going to be against Graves at Survivor Series. If they that's do that, the and that's, down shit, if they do that. that. And that's that former pro athlete talking in him. Because you, you, especially when you're an NFL brain type person, and we're all football guys to a point, we know you. If you listen to some of these guys really, really break down a post game, it's like, yo, these guys could be fucking working for NASA, could be doctors, could be fucking lawyers. With the the the, the amount of retention with their memory that that they possess in what they did wrong, what they did it wrong. That's why game film is such a big deal and all that stuff. But yeah, I respect Pat for even coming out and saying that because, like you said. Which I think all the wrestlers didn't really understand. Well, I'll put it like this. Like we said pre-show. He went in underestimating and forgetting in a way. But everybody else kind of performed like we've been there before. With the understanding of, yeah, humidity is a factor. You're in the South. You're in Tennessee. Which I heard has been hot as balls like 
for a lot of this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I heard it was hot. So, so, you know, he he went through what he went through. He still pulled off that fucking uh, whatever whatever the fucking uh, the, the the swan dive. He still mm-hmm. pulled it off. Yeah. Once he caught his balance, he just went. Once he caught his balance, he just went. And the camera shots post that was excellent. Mm-hmm. Where they they look, it made it look great. But once again, it goes to having that great dance partner to make shit work. You know, you know one, thing, have... one thing he said. Sorry, I just cut you off. One thing. No, he all said, good. One thing he said on his show, and I thought this would have been sick, um, was the Tennessee Titans. That's who he was dabbing up, like Derrick Henry and them. And there almost was I. And honestly, I think from the way Pat worded it, came down to Pat not wanting to go to Triple H or creative being like, hey, we have this great idea. The Titans wanted to get – they were supposed to get involved in the match when he was beating Corbin on the table. Derrick Henry wanted to throw some right hands. And I thought that would have been cool because Derrick Henry is one of the best running backs in the league. You know what would have been hella interesting about that? Also thinking because Jeff Jarrett was in the building, that has been done before in TNA back in the day. Yep, so that right. that would have been that would have been an ill crazy like now nah, Vince wouldn't have allowed that to happen unless mad shit was signed off on early the, you know that that would have been that would have been crazy because the 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 way the wrestling universe especially through TikTok would have been like yo looking for those Easter eggs like and yeah. you mentioned in that because I didn't know that that was even a thing it immediately yeah. triggered. Jeff Jarrett did the same shit with the Tennessee Titans back in the early 2000s. Because the Titans went to him for it. So they probably remembered. Like, yo, this happened back in the day. We should run it back. Yeah, that's that which would have been dope, man. But dopeness was the highs. Like, I think I think we all universally thought the the main event of SummerSlam was, like I said, I, I had my, you know, whatever about it. But it still finished great. Which was weird that people complained about how Roman finished it, but seven times. How else are you going to finish that man off? Can't do it. <laughs> you want to stab him? What do you want? You want to shoot, shoot this motherfucker and shit? Like what? You what do you want him to do? Hey, and the highlight well, of that match. The highlight of that match was the mic catch. <laughs> Bro, that and was- you know what? I didn't. I didn't even notice that until Twitter. Later on that night, when I saw the the video clips of it, like from all these different angles, yo, that shit was ill. Um, you know, for me, when you you know, a lot of people have this 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 thing with Brock Lesnar. He's a part timer. He don't care about the business. He don't you know this and that. I don't know how he is personally. I am I imagine that he loves money, and that's why he does this. And he seems to be having a good time. But bro, when Brock Lesnar's into a match, like when he's when he's into the match emotionally, it doesn't, there's not a lot of people who can deliver like he does, bro. That dude was, he was bugging the way he jumped off of that tractor trailer hinge or whatever that shit was to jump on Roman. That bump that he took on that goddamn table. Uh, just the track. Everything that he went through in the match, driving, driving a tractor trailer, lifting that shit up, man. That shit was mad dangerous. Like, I, that's why I enjoyed about it. First of all, we've never ever seen anything like that before. We've never seen somebody do that. And the well, fact yeah. that it was like, well, we've seen the ring explode and shit like that with Big Show and 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 Brock. You know what I'm saying? But we've never seen anybody lift a ring up with a tractor, bro. Don't right. try to think back. When did when's no, the last no. time we saw somebody lift a <laughs> no, ring up no. with a tractor? That no, shit ain't I never was, happened before. No, what I was what I was connecting and thinking was was 
Now we've seen people drive shit down to the ring. Oh, oh no. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, milk trucks, milk trucks, and beer trucks, and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mexicals did it fucking weekly. <laughs> well, yeah. well, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know, but there. what that what I I said to Nick earlier, Lou, before you jumped in and we started was that that moment right there showed me how much respect they have for Brock. They allowed Brock Lesnar to tear up a fucking ring. <laughs> Bro, they, they, they let this man. They let this man. This they let this man drive farm equipment in front of all thousands of people. That shit could have gone wrong in so many different ways. Honestly, when I was watching that, I thought that the finish. I thought that the finish was gonna be that he was gonna lower that fucking thing on top of Roman and keep yeah. him pinned under there for the ten count. And I was like, oh my fucking god, how are they gonna do this without killing this guy, bro? Like, I, I was expecting the same shit too. Yep. So yep, thank opinion, God they didn't do that. And one thing I liked, and it's kind of like, a, in a way, a full circle thing. I read after the match from a couple of sites that right when Brock, because if you if you didn't see Brock stayed out in the ring, he like yeah. played to the crowd, tipped his hat, and I guess when he got backstage, him, Paul Heyman, and Triple H had like a really emotional moment, like big standing go, which Brock deserved in that match. He did, and I like it because. Brock's getting written off now for the right reason. Not because he has the title and he's a part-timer. Not because of this and this. Because I think Paul Heyman being side-by-side with Triple H is going to make Brock even better. I think than he is. Because I felt with Vince, maybe this is why Brock was upset. Brock could say Vince jumped six feet, but Vince is going to jump six feet. Triple H might ask, like, why? Like, why are we doing this? You know, because... You gotta cater in a weird way to someone like Brock. Not to the point where Vince did, giving him the title for thousands of days. But I think when he comes, like I think this year at Mania, he'll be there and he won't be fighting for the title. He'll be doing but something. The name you mentioned is so important, and that was Paul Heyman. I think we all jumped to yay Triple H, yay Triple H. No, I think the smartest mind behind the scenes, especially for creative. Is that man Paul Heyman? He sat side by side at those tryouts, him and Triple H. I am t- if if Paul Heyman, if we do find out that Paul Heyman truly has a, a hand in creative, we are definitely in for a world of better. I oh, yeah. I I trust Paul Heyman. I can't with my wrestling fandom. I trust that man with my wrestling fandom so much that he is going to that he he knows. He can't deliver us what he did in the mid to late nineties. That's that's yeah. gone and out the window. That's yeah. gone out the window. But I trust his wrestling brain so much. But I wanted to throw one more positive because I guess I I knew kind of we all was unified in that one for for uh for this moment in time. But I want to throw in Jeff Jarrett's performance. At Ric Flair's last match. Oh, absolutely! That man, good. number one, he looks like he could still go. Uh, I listen. He looks podcast. like a million bucks. I yeah, I listen to his podcast weekly, and he doesn't stop working out. Part of that also is due to, you know, when he beat his addictions years ago. That's just a part of the rehab to keep going. But he looks amazing. But the Jeff Jarrett heel work. Yep was just on another level where he was like, I thought 
when when he walked back, like, yo, we don't need this shit. We're at it. I really felt like he was gone. Like, I felt like he, yeah. that's how real he made that feel. And that shit reminded me just how great he was. I think a lot of fans took in him for granted back in the day because it was, you know, the catchy slap nuts or when he was the big hair yeah. with the stringy outfit back yeah. in the day. Like, they seen him as, or as like, that's daddy's boy who's just getting over because, who, nah, that man is the truth. And he showed it in that moment. He yep. showed it to me. That, now, was, I, that was a moment where you're at a wrestling school, performance center, wherever you are, and you're teaching people how to be a heel, and you're like this. That is what you do. That was a teachable yep. moment to everyone. and Because you know everyone was watching that. Every wrestling, you know I mean, if we're watching this, you know that modern day active wrestlers who are truly passionate were watching that show. You know what I mean? Because and that's a moment where it's like, yep, I need to do what that guy's do. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Jerry, he he put on probably one of his best performances, honestly, uh, that I've seen. He first of all, he looked like a million dollars. He went out there, that whole entrance that he did being a little bitch ass. Cursing people out, slapping people. That's, yep. that's how you make motherfuckers hate you. You you are yep. supposed to be. Look, guys, I am the heel. You're supposed to boo me. I am the guy. So and, and he went out there and he did the fucking job. So, you know, one thing about that that pay per view, um, it really made me kind of pine for, like, another promotion to pop up, like, because you know, me and Dan come from like the ECW cloth. That was a once in a lifetime thing. That's never going to happen again, obviously. But, you know, I, as much as I enjoy AEW, I have problems with it. WWE right now is in a transition. So they're, you know, they're changing things up. Things are going to be real different in a couple months from now. I've tried GCW <clears throat> and I can't do it, bro. I can't. GCW for me is just too, it's almost like too outlaw for me. I, I can't the light tubes and the, and the fucking, it just, it, it's too much, but there were things happening in that, that Conrad pay-per-view that was like, I think it was just a respect to actual classic wrestling. I think that's what attracted me to most of it. And just the way, um, like they were dropping F-bombs, but it wasn't like, like in GCW, these people come out and they're like, fucking fuck the motherfucking fuck, fuck, fuck. And it's like, okay, I get it, bro. You can curse. Like, you know, you don't have to fucking like, you know what I mean? But um, I think uh, Flair dropped the F-bomb at the end when he was giving his speech, but Jarrett yeah. dropped one. Jarrett dropped one, like when he was walking out and then uh, Flair's other daughter Oh no! It was a uh, Karen. Karen. Karen Jarrett was like, "I'll fucking kill you, bitch." Yeah, and that kind of real shit. That was that felt like real shit. Like you know what yeah. I mean? And that that's something that I feel like is missing in these promotions, man. And it's something that I kind of pine for. Like I would I wouldn't mind seeing another promotion pop up. Like if Conrad was gonna do a promotion, I'd get behind that shit. I really I'm, would. I know that. It, and he I know it's a lot of work. It. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that's what that's what I took out of that. That's exactly what I took out of that, Lou. Is he to me? It showed that he could do it, and I know Jeff would play with him on the podcast. Like, yo, Connie's out there playing promoter right now. Like, he's not a, Conrad is a fan, just like us. He yep. just happy, just happens to have a very successful business to allow him the funds with the connections to be able to do it. And you know, as you said, pining for like 
they he gave us the old Crockett Promotions backdrop that they used in studio wrestling. Like he gave us that old Crockett NWA, uh, uh, you know, WCCW or w, yeah, WCCW backdrop thing with the announcers there, with obviously with monitors and stuff, not the same as when yeah. it was just the booth and you know. But he gave that that studio wrestling look when they talked with the announcers. Um, it was able to mix in other people, like you know, he brought in what is it, Court Court Bauer, I think, from uh, um from Impact. And he talked up his people during the match, saying thank you for you know allowing certain feuds to continue during the night. Like it was a well put together card for the it, the the intermingling of different promotions. You know, we got to see um, we got to see uh, what's his name from the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton, yeah. and yeah. his Ricky Morton and his son. Imagine if Arn Anderson was healthy enough to go to have yeah, seen Ricky man. Morton and his son. Versus Brock and Arn, that would it probably wouldn't have looked like, but it would have been incredible just because of the moment. Yeah. But instead, it was it was a uh, Ricky and his son versus Brock and 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 uh, uh what's the name son Brian Pillman Jr. Like yeah. you brought legacies together yeah. that worked in these territories back in the day. Like then you brought in the Mexican talent, the Lucha talent, which was a a banger of a four way. Yep. It was a banger of a four-way. You know, everybody put on. You know what I'm talking about? I'd like to I'd like to send a shout out to Black Taurus. Thank you very much for saving the life of Bandito. Because my, <laughs> my boy, my boy Bandito almost fucking killed himself. If it weren't for Black Taurus boy, he'd have broke his fucking neck. Yeah, you know, that was that was my favorite match of the night, I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think that was my favorite. Oh, yeah. You see, you and, saw the four of them took a photo with Undertaker backstage. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's got to be that's got to be something for them, man, to be fucking back there with the Undertaker. Like that's that's dope, man. That shit is real dope. Yeah, but hey, people out there, if y'all never seen Black Taurus before, now you got a reason to watch that dude. Yeah, he's that's a, a, he's that's... a he, it's a big dude that can fucking go. And that My outfit man... that he wears is fucking crazy. I don't I don't know how yeah. he works with that mask on. That's a fucking big bulky mask. Word. Yeah, I don't but... know, dude, you look good doing it. Jacob Fatu and Josh and, and Josh Alexander. That match was pretty slow. But if some of y'all, and I seen some people on TikTok say they never seen Jacob Fatu go before and they were impressed with what they saw. Jacob Fatu looked slow and out of shape from what I've seen before. But he gave y'all a sample size of yo. I said, I think I said, made a comment to somebody like, you need to go look up, go hit YouTube and go look up some of his older matches. Like like his matches that were most recent were like Mass Kruger and shit like that. Yo, Jacob, yeah, he, one he of my favorites. Like, that went like what ten minutes? I think that match that one was one of the shorter ones too. But if I that, thought, it was good. yeah, if that, you know. But all in all, man, I hats off, appraises, hand claps, regardless of what the uh, the outcome was and the 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 way the flare match went. Phenomenal job by Conrad and his whole crew that helped put that together. I think we need to make a wit crew trip one of these uh years to a Starcast situation. You know what I'm saying? Even, even if see if we can fucking get a table, you know, like that far. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the level I think. Like I think I want to get in there and be a part of, not just be there. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. I will say, I will say this to y'all now, because I don't know how motherfuckers enjoy shows from up thirty thousand feet in the fucking air. We need to get floor level shit that we gotta enjoy this shit. I'm sorry. Yeah, we I, need to get I in touch to... with what's we need, to, we need to get in touch with motherfucking green shirt. Whoever that green shirt is, dude, we need to get in touch with that dude. Because that the, fucking what, green shirt guy the, is sure, at green everything. The green costume. The green shirt guy. No, he's got oh, a green okay. shirt. He's always he's got a hat and a yeah. green shirt. And this motherfucker is at every pay-per-view in the front row, every dynamite in the fucking front row. And it's like, bro, what do you what do you do for it? Who are you, bro? Like, what do you do <laughs> yes. for a living that you get it's this, like bro? That. He's always in the same, he's always in the same spot at every pay-per-view. In it's the like, same spot, bro. It's like that guy that's on NWA who's always in the orange jacket. I don't know if y'all watch NWA on YouTube, but nah. there's, there's a guy who's at all the NWA tapings who's in an orange jacket. And then what, what you had me thinking was there's also a guy who wears one of those green screen suits that's always in the front. Uh, yeah. The thing the thing with stadium shows, though, in general, is and all the end- I, I luckily, you know, financially safe smartly for those events so i've never had to be like way way up there but the thing is with wrestling shows in general it's deaf especially pay-per-views it's definitely just the crowd you're surrounded by and i say that because um like when rob and i when we went to mania we had a blast but we had the dudes who weren't the big like you want to be with passionate fans because we had the dudes who were just sociable fans who had money to go to WrestleMania, and they were just getting hammered and kept getting up and going to the bathroom. And Rob was like, all right, this is your last time. You're not going this way no more. And that was what hour, maybe three out of eight, because that's when WrestleMania was wow, one night. Wow, Jesus and Christ. And then that's the only bad experience that I had at a big show, but then like most recent, like uh, Double or Nothing, besides the smelly guy behind me, um, I was surrounded by great fans. You know what I mean? And I definitely think who you're with at a show, deaf, or who you're surrounded by. Because you got to think it was just me and my chick at uh, Double or Nothing. She watches, but she's not like us. So right. I socialize yeah. with the people around me, and that makes it so much better. You know, just I, even when I went to that SmackDown in October, by I went to that by myself. Like, I had a blast. Like, but I, I, am, I agree with you on that, but word to be, Rob, we're there for the wrestles, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I want to see the wrestling, but I don't want to see the yeah. wrestling as little ant people, yeah, <laughs> you know, nah. from tears up, you know what I'm saying? Plus, plus, you know, I'm again, I'm six feet, 330, 335 on a good day. I Lou is six, what, six, three, six, four, almost six, two, yeah, close, six, two, six, close three. to this, close to the same weight. We need some room. Yeah, Some stadium seats ain't cutting it for four hours. That, that is <laughs> Yo, because I, I, I tell you, like, I mean, we had, I mean, now this was a theater show. Uh, my wife got Ham- tickets for Hamilton for uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah. yeah my yeah. sister-in-law couldn't go. But thinking the same thing as far as theater seating, I had to sit like this. Now, people in the podcast can't see me, but I had to kind of sit. On my side, one ass cheek with my wow. leg hanging. Wow. Luckily, I had the aisle seat because my wide ass hips just wasn't cutting it. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so comfortability is key, but also we're there for the wrestles. I I, yeah. I I love the companies just like everybody else. 
but we're, I, I want to be there to see the wrestling. I want to be up close to see the wrestling. Man, but so man, better, being, start, better start saving up now then. I, I feel you. Expensive as shit, boy. <laughs> I, I, I feel you. And, you know, but I, I do agree with you. Being around great fans can definitely change the dynamic. And this is where we talk about the asshole fans and the tribalism that goes within professional wrestling. This AEW versus WWE shit, like, to be honest with you, and I'm going to leave this off because my boy right here swears, just like shout out to my homeboy Alex Rosa, who swear up and down, I hate WWE. Because you do. You do, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> well, fuck you. But this is the guy who also, I pay for Peacock solely because of the WWE network. I play a WWE wrestling game every single day i just paid 70 dollars for wwe 2k wwf is the reason why i started watching pro wrestling period all i've ever asked for was the product to get better and thankfully we are in the transition period that it's going to get better in my opinion so i will be right back there AEW. Now, here's the thing with both of these companies for me. Y'all know already, you know, I, I got a big family, five people. We got to conserve our bills in certain ways. So my cable package is set up in a certain way that at the time, I didn't put USA on my thing because I literally would have only got USA for Raw. There's nothing else. What Do, do, do I want to see freaking watch Monk? I said, do I want order. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, do I want to see edited curses in movies like you Mickey Fickies and shit? Like, nah, that they, they use Mickey Ficky, I think, still to this day, <laughs> you know. But um I had TNT because NBA basketball and dynamite. Yeah, dynamite moved to TBS. Right. I never put TBS because just like USA, there ain't shit to watch on TBS until it's college basketball season and they have the tournament on eight different channels. Yeah. CBS happens to be one of them. College basketball men's tournament isn't worth going to TBS for. I can watch CBS, NBC, ESPN for that. I'm good. So I have that advantage of I always miss a show, but I can still see Rampage because I have TNT. I can still watch SmackDown. It's a matter of what we mentioned last week. Do we stay up to watch it? A lot of the times I'm not awake to watch it. So I follow along with everything else. But my fandom allows me to go back, watch some of the old stuff on the network. My fandom has me go to YouTube and I watch NWA. I'll watch MLW. I'm familiar with GCW, but I haven't dove into GCW like that. Pal Pro Wrestling. It's a small indie thing that comes on the Wrestling With Regret channel. I'll sit there and watch that because, hey, it's wrestling. It's new people coming up that you're seeing work through their things to try to eventually make it somewhere. But you're watching young, new talent people you've never seen before. Point is in me even bringing those up. And then shout outs to uh, uh, WOW Wrestling out here in Staten Island, Warriors of Wrestling. I still haven't gotten mm -hmm. to a show, but I make sure I follow them on at least on TikTok you know, hit some likes, show some support. I'll watch training. There's schools. There's some Canadian school that's always on TikTok going live or showing videos, training stuff. Like, I love this sport. 
I love this ent- this form of entertainment. So I am going to seek out more than just the two that are on the national level. Now, I didn't mention Impact. I know what goes on there. I don't generally watch. But also, personally, I don't want to pay for the Impact Club shit. But that's just me. Yeah. Because I personally feel there's enough other things that I could watch and still follow along. It's just like watching ESPN. You're going to turn on your team on TV locally or whatever the case may be, but you're going to follow the stats of everything else because you're watching Sports Center. So I say all that to say, yo, it is okay to like something different. To be locked into one thing to me is completely asinine because you keep your mind closed to the rest of it. That's why I'll personally say if you are just a WWE fan and that's it, you're loyal to that, you don't you don't really love professional wrestling. That's why I've thrown that out there as a question. Do you is it oh I don't think you really love professional wrestling when you and it's the same thing with like I would say even with football like if you only watch the NFL you like NFL football, but you don't really love this sport because if you did, you would tune into some college. Absolutely. You would, you would be like yeah. me. I, I used to fucking live and die on arena football. I watch Canadian League football. I'll fucking watch high school football if I have to. Or when ESPN is showing big game. Like, when you love some shit, you're going to deep dive in and, and, and get further into so where this tribalism shit, where it's Team AEW versus Team WWE, you know what? If y'all assholes want to have that fight, go ahead. Leave me out of it because I'm going to be with the rest of the people who are going to sit back and laugh at you idiots while we love the broader spectrum of what goes on. Yeah, it's, it's wild because mm-hmm. I know Lou, me and Lou are the big Twitter guys here at the trio is like i'll always give everyone shit for everything that's my personality right but some people like legitimately are like no you're an effing idiot for watching this company you are this you are that or like someone posted i saw the other day someone retweeted was saying like last night's raw was better than any dynamite ever like no it wasn't like it wasn't there was changes but it wasn't like it's okay to think this sucks this aspect of this part sucked and this is good. It's just, I don't know. I don't get it. Like the, another thing, and I kept seeing it because every wrestling page was retweeting it. And they said, wrestling fans are like high school drama kids, I'll say. And I'll say the immature ones because I guess that Sean Ross Sapp guy, whatever he is, I don't know much about him, the fightful guy. So everyone was retweeting him having a confrontation with someone at StarCast. Uh, yeah. And it's I like, think bro, it was- like, I think it was Jeff Jarrett or something like that. I think he it might have been he might have oh, no, been one no. of them. This is him and some other wrestling oh, okay. Twitter guy. And then like it just it's nuts because everyone was talking about this all day Sunday during the Ric Flair thing. And I'm like, you guys know like there's like an actual show on right now, right? And we're talking about like people having a confrontation and yeah, he punked him out or he didn't like bro. I saw the video, ain't nobody did shit. I don't know where he, and it's funny because a guy who, uh, who watches Wrestling Inc., he comments on there a lot. And he was like, uh, 
He's from the South. He's like, man, I don't know where y'all from, but that's not punking out. That's just two grown men having a conversation, both being a bitch to see who's going to take it further. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yo, it's terrible. Like, why were wrestling fans defending a guy who runs a wrestling page that bad? Like, he, like, and then just like you said, like we see the people with the All Elite bios or Team WWE in the bio and wrestlers, which I don't think this is a bad one, but. Some people have, like, wrestlers as their thing. Like, you know how dumb you look when you say AEW is trash when Roman Reigns is your profile picture? Or vice yeah, versa. <laughs> like, you know how just how dumb you look in general? Uh, it's just – so, again, me me and Nick are, 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 like, high on Twitter. So here's a here's a, here's a a thread that I found today. Now, Brian Alvarez, if people don't know, is he's part of the Wrestling Observer. He always tweets out the ratings when the ratings come out. Um, he tweets out the ratings for Raw, SmackDown, AEW, blah, 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 blah. And, bro, those fucking comments under the, that tweet is just an abomination. So he tweeted out, he just, he'll just he just tweet out Rampage, semicolon, you know, 375K. And that's all he tweets, just the ratings. So he tweeted out Raw, 2.2 million and 6.1. The first tweet, Another win for Raw. Raw 2.2 million, Rampage 375K, AEW in the mud. And it's like, bro, first of all, how are you comparing a three-hour live show that airs on Monday night to a taped show that airs on Friday at 10? You're just like, these people, bro. And his picture is Cowboy Brock Lesnar. So it's like, you guys, I I, I just, I, I don't, like, I understand see the thing is with me it's like I, I always say this shit on my show i try to see both sides and i try to you know hear hear everyone out and it's like i've I'm, I'm i've gotten to the age where like i don't do that tribalism shit anymore i love marvel and i love dc yeah the dc movies suck but you know what sometimes i enjoy them i enjoy justice league i enjoy batman versus superman you know i didn't like shazam but black adam looks pretty fucking cool and it's like i that's okay you can like whatever you like but for me to be like, oh, Marvel's the greatest shit ever. Fuck DC. That that shit's all garbage. No, bro. It, if you don't like it, that's one thing. But to be completely taking one side and not seeing the other side and appreciating good things that are happening on the other side is this fucking in the in the words of the great uh, uh, Sean Price. It's as a nine, as a ten, and as eleven. Eleven. It, it's just, <laughs> it, it, and when it comes to wrestling, it's just really. Like, I don't get it. At at the core of these two promotions, and we'll just use the big two because that's what everybody fucking fights over. At the end of the day, it's all wrestling, bro. Yep. So if you're watching wrestling and enjoying it, why you're gonna tell me you you're not gonna enjoy watching Kenny Omega and, and fucking Brian Danielson's match? You're not gonna enjoy that. You're not gonna enjoy these matches Moxley's been putting on. Moxley's been having bangers every fucking week. You're not going to enjoy seeing Death Triangle wrestle a fucking House of Black. Like, you yeah. can't get any kind of enjoyment out of that. You just watch it and you go, oh, they're fucking botching. They're just diving. They're just running and just doing moves. And, it's, and meanwhile, all you'll former watch WWE versus guy. Usos. These old, old, they have to put all their former WWE guys on there. Well, meanwhile, you're watching the Usos and the Street Profits for the fucking 10th time. And you're going, that was the greatest match I've ever seen. It's like, come on, bro. Yeah, the match was good, but like there's also good shit happening on the other side. And at the end of the day, these people are just they're depriving themselves of wrestling. 
Yeah, yeah there really are. There's a lot that goes into it, and it's kind of like, like there's nothing wrong with waving a flag maybe for one without being ignorant. Like you can be, like I'm open about it, and I love both. I've spent money on both. I buy all AEW pay-per-views. I just made a whole weekend about going to an AEW show. I've done it with WWE, and I'll admit I wave the WWE flag more, and I like you know because that's what I grew up on. That's just my shit. You know what I mean? I grew up on that, right? But I love AEW because. There's a lot there, and like that's what we're saying. If you like the sport of it, you're going to appreciate it. And as I've said before, you know you're going to see two different things. But then another thing that comes down to it for me is like age. What I mean by age is, right, is you see these grown-ass people getting into all these legitimate heated beefs online, right? Now, we can always have our inner discussions or disagreements, or, but it's different when you're bullshitting like with your boys than when you're trying to trap these random ass people online. There's a big difference there. It's kind of like shit talking, right? Like, here's my thing. Like, me and my friends, whoever I'm cool with, right? Like, oh, I'll joke around and be like, oh, ha ha, you're a bitch, but I'm not going to let someone else random just call my boy a bitch. Like, you know what I mean? That's just not how that works. That's, and I think that's how, but you see online, it's like, these dudes who are like grown, like, I mean, we're all grown, but our age, older, some maybe a little younger than me, like legitimately hating each other and going over to these beefs. And then like, will you say for like, we're not the ones out there doing this shit. I'm not running out there jumping off top ropes and springboard suplex and stunners and all that. And that's what, that's what it is with me. It's like, I love WWE because it's always been WWE. It's always has, always will, always has been there in like my childhood. But then like when I see now WWE, forever. These motherfuckers jumping off the top ropes, hitting cutters and all that. Like, that's me. Like, yo, as like, not nah, I'm saying I'm an athlete, but a guy who loves sports. It's like, yo, that's impressive. Like, that's impressive. Like, yeah, that's like, like, you give, like, the dudes like Logan Paul credit. Like, yo, that's impressive. Like, I know you give me six months. I'm not doing a quarter of that. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, I, I'll, I'll give you my point of view because I'm the TikTok guy. There's only one account I have blocked on TikTok. And it was only because with speaking tribalism, it's somebody who has a podcast. Don't ask me the name because I forgot it. But mm. every time they came up on the FYP, it was WWE everything. All points of view against AEW was just shit on AEW, shit on AEW, shit on AEW. It got annoying to me. It's the only account I blocked because you're ridiculous. Now the wrestle talk community, we did just have a conversation about wrestle talk a couple weeks ago and we played some wrestle talk games. <clears throat> For the most part, it's a, it's it's very younger. It is very skewed WWE. But even still, some of those heavy WWE content creators will still give it up for AEW. You know what I'm saying? When I see certain things and if I chime in, I'm like, "Yo, you need to go check this out." Yo, yo, y'all not watching NWA? Like it? Shout out to my guy HyperX on, on on TikTok. He does these like he does a lot of like uh, this is HyperX's um, you know, four favorite. Like he did one where it was like uh, uh, these four people. He, out of these four people, who do you see uh possibly going to the WWE? He had Nick Aldis, he had MJF, Sammy Callahan. And Camille, I appreciated that post. One, I said none because I don't want to see none of them go to WWE. That's just personally me. Even though we're in a new regime hmm. now, 
Even though we're in a new regime now, things could be very different for those people. But I said, if any one of them had to go, it's Camille because she would be an instant hit on the women's division. But I appreciated the post because you went and dug out East A, I mean, NWA people. You pay attention to more than just the, the big two. I like that, you know? Now, to me, the only area that tribalism works for me when it comes to sports is, I mean, when it comes to life, it's sports. Now, people out there will say fandom is toxic. It very well is. Mm -hmm. If fandom is done wrong, <clears throat> I'm per I'm fucked the Cowboys all day because it's Philadelphia Eagles for life. You know what I'm saying? That's my the, the Eagles is my tribe. The New York Yankees is my tribe. Fuck yeah, the but Patriots. see that's a uh, oh, I'm glad the Yankees. But see, that's the only I'm I'm making my excuses for it, but I do understand and agree. Fandom can be toxic, but it's also how you carry yourself as a fan. Like I said, I, I built it up in me. Sorry, Carl. I'm saying it again. Fuck them cowboys. I will always say it. But I got love for players on that team. I yes. enjoy watching players on that team. I hate that star. But I've always said if I was in position to play for Jerry Jones, he seems like an owner that I would want to play for, just not in that uniform. So that's where it's like you got to know where to. Yes, the tribalism can be displayed. But know how to show respect and give respect when yeah. necessary. And that's the big thing, too, especially like you said with football, right? If you and I are getting into a disagreement on Twitter over like the Patriots Eagles, right, whatever it is is we're going to throw stats at each other, real-life stats that have happened before and things like that. But I'm not going to tell you like a wrestling fan, and any WWE argument is going to end in, hey, you should just go kill yourself. Yeah, word, because I was just going to I was yeah. just gonna tell you we're one and one. Yeah, we are. That's <laughs> hey, hey, I got no grief with the Eagles. One and one. I got no – the only there's only one Lose, team I got Lose. grief with. In the NFL, and it's fucking this motherfucker. <laughs> you know, time out. Time out. Eli Manning, the goofiest looking motherfuckers got Tom Brady's number twice. Motherfuckers were perfect. Eli Manning, who looks half for. Nah, Giants, the Giants, yeah. the New York Giants is the only sports team that gets me going. Because everyone else, my teams have beaten. Like when the Celtics just lost in the finals, people were talking shit. I'm like, bro, like, who fuck my fuck my like, another goddamn time. Like, like, that's what that's one thing that I love because like I, I was gonna say something about the shirt you got on, but I was like, ah, eh. because you know what? A lot of people when I when 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 we're there's sports in my house and the Patriots on, I'll watch the Patriots, I'll watch football games that are not my team. I'm not cheering for them, but I'll watch it. And they'll be like, yo, don't you hate the Pat they people have asked me, well, don't you hate the Patriots? And I'm like why? Why the fuck would I hate the Patriots, bro? Right. I ain't got, I ain't got no reason to hate the Patriots. We fucking, I mean, you know, I don't even gotta say. Yeah, what we, we get did. it. Like, we, I, we understood. I, we know the outcome. There's no, there's no reason for me to hate them at all. I have none but love for Patriots fans. But in this conversation, this is where I think, you know, as far as sports and everything, this is why I think tribalism has zero place within wrestling. It, it should not be in wrestling in any way 
I can understand tribalism in sports, although, Dan, I don't know how the fuck you like the Eagles and are a Knicks fan. I'll never really understand that because for me, like, I, I, so I'm a displaced fan. I grew up in New York, obviously, moved to Florida. Everybody here, when the Heat fucking got LeBron and they started winning all these championships and winning all these fucking games, they were like, when you're going to get your Heat jersey? And I'm like, nigga, if you don't. If you don't get the fuck out of my face with that goddamn red and black jersey, get the fuck out of here, bro. I am a and, Knicks and let's fan. Not I don't say, give a fuck. Let's not how... talk about how they were bandwagon. Forget that. Oh, yeah. Oh, please, bro. I'll never forget that playoff game where they all left the building and then all of a sudden they tied the game and they were all trying to get back. And security was like, nah, bro, you ain't coming that back was... in here. You're, you're, you're out of here. One so of the greatest that, that's ever. a perfect game. <laughs> That's the perfect encapsulation of the Miami fans. It's it's ridiculous, bro. I'll tell you, being here and being on social media all year long, there's nothing about the Heat. Didn't motherfuckers ain't posting nothing. They're not posting anything. Me, every time the Knicks win, guess what? I post in my Instagram story, Knicks win every fucking time because I, I, you know, I love my team. You don't see anything about the Heat. Playoff start round one, nothing. It's if they get into round two and three, and that's when people start putting on their hats and their jerseys, and they're like, hey, he is. It makes me sick. But, again, tribalism in sports is fine because, of course, it's an athletic competition. So it's a completely different thing as far from wrestling. Wrestling, you like characters. There's no lack. Yeah, you like the Road Warriors, but the Road Warriors will be on WCW, they'll be on WWE, they'll go to NWA, uh, you know, they might turn up an impact. You don't know. They they go to whatever company's paying the bills. So, you know, the just I just I'll never understand these wrestling fans who who just every day they're on Twitter fighting and just calling each other names and fucking arguing over about this and saying, "Oh, you guys, your show wouldn't be shit cuz if you didn't have the WWE guy." And it's just it's such a yeah. fucking asinine conversation. It really is tiresome, dude. If, and it's if, if you go back five years ago, everyone was saying we need another promotion. Facts. And then you get the other promotion, and now you're saying fuck the other promotion. Facts. Yeah. It don't make sense. Yeah. It's like, hey, you really can't. Yeah. Like, yo, I'll, Tony Khan is a fan just like us. And that's realistically living out our dream. If I had the money to make a promotion, I would. Fuck that. Hell yeah. I'll, like I said, I'll shoot them a little tiny bit of bail on this one is, again, you can kind of equate the two as far as sports teams are concerned, but not really. Because once again, like Lou said, you're more you're, you're watching the product for what it is. But also, we all generally rooting for people within the product as fans. So it's 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 how it's kind of hard to see, like. I get it. You might not be the best person to like Kenny Omega. I get it. But you only just got familiar with some people just got familiar with Kenny Omega when he came over to AEW working in America. They didn't know about independent. I didn't know about independent Kenny Omega, but I learned about Kenny Omega in Japan. That was possibly, if not the best Kenny Omega. You know what I'm saying? And you know what I'm saying? I'm and you said people liking silly shit. Like I, I can watch Kenny Omega wrestle a box just like he wrestled that little nine, ten year old girl. The shit was entertaining. I could watch Kota Ibushi wrestle a blow up doll again. He made that shit look entertaining. 
because it's just entertainment. And that's really what it is. And it's like, I again, the little shot of bail is, I get it. The WWE is your team. The WWE is your, you know, is your Patriots. It's your 49ers. It's your Dallas Cowboys. You love them and it's fuck the other team. But it's just like Nick said. Most of you same people were the people out there talking about we need something different. We need an alternative out there. We need now you got the major alternative and you pretty much wish they were never there. And if you got that wish, we would all be in that same rut again of his all WWE. The pressure would be even more immense on Triple H now because guess what? You're the only big game in town now. Now you got to produce each and every week. And make it interesting because you got to find a way to pull in new people no matter what. You got to put butts in seats. You got to be able to sell tickets and all that. It, it, it has to be done. But to answer your question before, Lou, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Randall Cunningham and Reggie White are the reasons why <laughs> I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I grew up in the household of a Giants fan. I did love LT back in the day. I did root for the Giants in that 86 Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? I hated the 49ers because they were winning every fucking year, it felt like. So I was rooting. I wasn't a fan. I was rooting for Boomer Esiason and the Bengals to win that Super Bowl. I was disappointed when they got fucking smacked up. I remember exactly where I was when we watched that Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? But I could have could have possibly been. A, but no, I wanted to be Reggie White. I wanted to be Randy yeah. Cunningham. And that's just and that's just me. And that's just me breaking balls because I. It I, ain't breaking I, my balls. Well, no, I'm saying in general, it, it's just because for me, I, I've I, again, maybe I don't I'm not going to say maybe it's Florida because I know it's everywhere. But, bro, I've seen people here with their cars and have a fucking Yankee sticker and a Miami Heat um, sticker on their on their same car. And that shit, I don't understand it. I don't understand how the fuck you like I don't I've never understood that I can't. Bro, like I said, I'll watch other games, but I cannot. I, bro, I am a Yankees fan, a Giants fan, and a Knicks fan, and that's it. Well, There's I will, no other, I will give I don't you have why. Any other, I don't have any other hat. I got nothing. I and I will. I'll answer why for you. It's because people like winners. People like winners, and to equate it to wrestling, once again, we got to look at the generation of people who grew up when WWE was the major thing and the only major running in town. So a lot of people grew up when the Yankees were winning back-to-back -back World Series in the late 90s. And it's like, oh, that's my team. Or their favorite player might have been there. It's just like how up here, up north, there's mad da Dallas Cowboy fans and Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Look at Carl. They're the two big, yeah. They're the two biggest fan bases, I think, across the country. Pittsburgh Steelers fans and Cowboys fans, because some of them were in their youth during the 90s. Some of them were in their youth in the 70s when the Cowboys was truly America's team. And then too, when Pittsburgh was that Terry Bradshaw winning all the Super Bowls, and then they were just really deep. They always played decent. In they weren't that good in the late eight in the eighties and the, the mid nineties. Like they had some up and down type teams. But P 
people like winners. So they think back, oh, this team got the most Super Bowls. I like this color. Let me ride with them. It's literally that simple for most yeah, people. Oh, here in Southern California, you never saw a Rams jersey until about March. I believe, but but also, <laughs> but also too, understanding the history of the Rams, not to stay on football. They yes. were in St. Louis when they became the greatest show on turf. They yeah. used to be in California back in the day, but that's one of those teams that bounced back and forth. Or you think the Raiders. Raiders fans, some Raiders fans said fuck them because they moved to Vegas. But I'm sure the, the majority the majority of the black hole still ran with them in Vegas because it's not that far away technically on the map. You know what it's I'm saying? So it, it, it's it's we in in I hate saying it like this, but in real sports, even though I look at professional wrestling as a real sport, but in real competitive, you know, you're going yeah, for real championship sports. The level of tribalism just hits different, even though the toxicity of the fan is still detrimental, just period. It's it's fucks up people's psyches, burning jerseys, fuck this team, <laughs> breaking down houses, breaking down walls. Bro, that's shit. Holes I, listen, bro. Listen, I never if anybody, that. if anybody should be burning things and throwing things, it should be fucking me as a Nick fan having to go through goddamn. That. 30, 35 years of pain and suffering, but I love my team for some reason. Look at the flags. I got two Nick flags behind me. It's like it's ridiculous. But I've I've dealt with losers longer than you. I'm I'm a Knicks fan, and my Eagles just won the first Super Bowl. Super Bowl. We have championships, (laughs) but as as my man JP says, pre-segregation don't count. So (laughs) so the 1960s championship teams don't count. Allegedly, but I went so long as an Eagles fan with nothing other than Super Bowl appearances. I feel your pain, brother. We are we bleed blue and orange almost the same. Yours just comes with plantains, mine comes with fried chicken. <laughs> you know, that's, that's about right. the difference. You know what I'm saying? But the tribalism in sports, it it oh, the only way I could wrap this up is it it just hits different when it comes mm-hmm. to that type of community. it does. No, it does. But with professional wrestling, you you you're there for what it is, which is wrestling first. Yep. So I would say, as a fan, and even as a fan of regular sports, if you claim you love some shit, dive into it a little further, go deeper. Don't be what I like to call in rap music. Don't be a hip hop lazy. Don't sit back and wait for the radio to feed you everything. Oh Jesus. The sound the sound you like is out there. Perfect place to go find it. And then we could close out self-promotion. Go check out hhdgmedia.com. My homie Wiki Ian posts up tons of indie artists you've never heard of that rap the sound that you love that you grew up on. So you can never say whack shit is out there. When you are too lazy to go get it, facts. Yep, and that's the and that's the end of wit for this week. Great show. I'm glad we got to infuse some football, and you know, we 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 was live on the end of this one, man. This was a really fun one. I enjoyed yep. this show a lot. Lou, take it away. First one. Amen. Lou from the BX, the host of the Everything Podcast, episode ninety of the Everything Podcast dropped. 
today so it's out for consumption if you just want to hear me bitching about shit for a good 59 minutes about time um yeah we'll be back it's a slow process it's a slow process man but it's 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 a that's why i call it the passion project man because that fucking podcast it's like it, it one day it hits me and all of a sudden i come up with an intro i come up with a skit i come up with a thing and i fucking put it together and do it bro i appreciate that um live on all platforms you know what i'm saying apple spotify whatever you listen to and uh yeah man i'm gonna be also a uh, little bit of self-promotion i am going to be on the top rope squishy show this thursday hey. live on youtube once again with my uh with my podcast boo top rope squishy. Yes. so that'll be doing that also and uh next week episode is trash miss squishy shout out to miss squishy still waiting for that invite but I digress. You could catch the Spotify podcast on everything. You know what? I gotta watch Dynamite to even be on her show, but we'll leave that alone for another day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you could catch the Spotify podcast on everything and everywhere podcast related. We are on YouTube. Look up the Starting Five podcast, and when you look for the Star Five podcast, even though I'm showing this in the camera, I'm telling y'all you have to look for the black and white logo the round mm-hmm. logo with the number five in it because there's other start there's other starting the, five the, impersonators the per- the per- out there traders the yeah. perpetrators they, are out in full force they they might have been on youtube a little bit longer than us as far as putting shows up but this podcast has been around longer than those pandemic pods but big up to them yeah. because podcasting is for everybody so shouts out to them also but uh, make podcasting sure def- is for everybody but come up with your own fucking name and it doesn't mean everybody should do it either. I will say that. Doesn't mean everybody should do it either, but it is for everyone. Come through with some originality. And number one thing that I teach to everybody is be consistent. Like I'm consistent on TikTok. Look at us up at the Starting Five Podcast. On TikTok, the Starting Five po- the Starting Five underscore podcast on Instagram. Nick. The floor is yours. You know where you find me. You can just simply follow the name, but most importantly, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling Is Trash and on Twitter at Wrestling Be Trash. Interact with us. Let us know your thoughts, what ideas you have. You want to come on the show? Throw anything you can out there. The three of us are very open people. And as Lou said in the beginning, hopefully when we come back next week, we'll have a trio's name because we're coming for them trio's titles. Everyone, thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day. And we're big enough to do it too. So Tony Khan, you might want to sign in. Oh, oh, one thing. I got one thing before <laughs> you cut this off. Halfway. There you go. Before you cut this off, before you cut this off, uh, I know someone at WWE is listening to this podcast because the things I've asked for have come true. So, real quick, if they are listening, I want Joey Styles and I want Mauro Rolando on commentary. Let's go. Make it happen. Bring back now, Joey see, Styles. Now- if you mention Joey Styles, I need Joey Styles alone. Joey Styles don't need no but like, Joey Styles. By I'm gonna put himself. it like Pootie, I don't. He, I'm gonna put it like Pootie Tang. Joey Styles don't need no words. Joey Styles don't need no music. Uh. <laughs> Joey Styles by himself is the fucking man. Top Back. five, top five, and uh, commentator in my opinion of all time. Jr. is the goat in my opinion. Jr. is the goat. He's past his prime now. But Joey Styles is up there. Yeah, for real. Back. Bring him back, and Triple you know, H. Bring him back, Triple H, you coward. Next week, top five announcers. With that oh. being said, 
We out. Peace, bitches.